Citizens of the Verse, today is June 21st, 2953, and welcome to another episode of CitizenCast. We're a weekly Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, way Too geeky and I'm joined by my co-host, the man with the questions whose questions have questions for your questions, Mr. Seagard Olsen. Hello, Seagard. Hello. Hello. What's my name again? That's the question. No. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you're just like Rihanna. You're like, ooh, nah, nah. What's ooh, nah. Name? Oh, so, uh, look at us, uh, uh, two weeks in a row. We should be so proud. Yes. Um, so I know I've been up to a lot this past week. What about yourself, Seagard? What have you been doing this past week in the well, first? I've been playing a little bit. Um, I've been kind of, uh, I've been working a lot last couple of weeks, but I, this week I've mm-hmm. been playing and played a little bit through the weekend. Um, I sent up, I set up that event, which I've been thinking about doing for a while and, kind of got motivated to start doing some more stuff, convoy, you know, practice. I should be able to go to the event. Yeah, yeah. And if if you can't, we'll we'll do more. I mean, I'm going to get back to where we were, you know, when we were under that org that can't be named, Um, (laughs) which was a good org. All the people are still with us. That's the big thing. Um, So, uh, yeah, I want to get back into that. I also um, got, to, as people find out, got some interesting um, messages, shall we say. George has been yeah. uh, receiving communications. George Dumont. Yeah. We'll hear more about his. And and a guest journalist. Another nice. person who's maintaining a journal, which I thought was really exciting. That was great. Um, and then we, last night, you and I and a couple others were out there Doing a little dog fighting, and uh, I was trying to get my tanker refueled. And uh, I know you missed all the good developments, though. I'll, I'll tell a little bit about it. Oh, okay, good, 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 good. So, yeah. what else have you been up to? Because I know I missed a couple days where you were on. I guess first, why don't you why don't you tell people um, about the event? That oh, just, okay. So we what decide- it is. So the event is a. Uh, it's a mining, a cooperative mining event. Uh, basically, uh, you know, it's on Saturday at nine eight, or I'm sorry, twelve p.m. Eastern time at lunchtime. Um, that'll give anyone on the Pacific Coast or Canada time to you know get up, get some coffee, and uh, and go play. Um, it's kind of like bring your own ship, or if you don't have a ship, just show up and join on someone else's ship, and we're gonna meet in space. I'm gonna I'm going to move ahead as kind of a marker beacon and then everyone can jump to me and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll link up in the communications channel so you can see my beacon mm-hmm. and then we'll, we'll, uh, start mining as a group. Um, you know, hopefully as people with different size ships start moving and making, you know, everyone will start making some money and we'll get a couple hours of mining in. And, uh, I don't know if, you know, for all I know, someone will try to, you know, come and shoot us all up. But that's the whole point of me being out there and kind of guiding you guys to me. It's, there's no, you know, there's no shenanigans. Hopefully I can minimize it anyway. But if not, yeah. that'll still be fun. Um, and then, you know, if you're a cargo guy and you want to just haul, um, you know, bags, of back, that'll be great. If you want to come out there and try to salvage, that's okay too. 
you know, but you know, it's kind of like if you're not if you're new to mining or you haven't done a lot of mining, there there is some stuff that can be learned from some of the really stronger guys that do it a lot. Mm. And there's also some cooperative things you can do to make a little bit more money, right? Um, and if you don't have a mining ship, but you're trying to make some money, there's always going to be someone there with a mole that needs a crew member or someone running cargo that needs help. Um, it's good, just good way to kind of meet and chat and have some fun. So, yeah, excellent. I look forward to it. I just found yeah. it. I was looking in the wrong spot because yeah. in the events page, it doesn't have anything, but in the events channel, the event announcement, because there's now there's an event section so you could put it like a schedule. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I just put, I put, it's a real simple one. Yeah. I didn't, um, um, just so everybody knows, I mean, this literally is a simple yeah. one. This is a good one to kind of come in on. They're all pretty straightforward, but in the past we've done somewhere like we've done jumps together where we've all quantum together. So you're in formation in space, kind of flying near each other, which is fun. And, uh, we also, you know, put in fake stops where you had to kind of coordinate landing and refueling and jumping further. A uh, little bit of maybe having, you know, uh, people come in and be a pest and harass us a little bit and some people defend and pathfinders looking for minerals for us. But in this case, it's just going to kind of be show up and we just get some things going. So thanks. Um, sounds good. Uh, so for me, I've been, uh, I'm going to detail my findings about this later, but I've been doing a lot of the salvage missions uh, yes. can, for science. I will talk about, um, sort of testing those out and see if they're fruitful. Um, but last night, so that was mostly what I did. I did a little cargo hauling, um, just to see how that was going. Um, so I'm doing pretty good in game finance wise, but, uh, last night I convinced Chekhov to join me on the, um, the huge mission, which is in the wake of disaster. And, uh, he did, but as soon as we quantumed in, there was an aggressor or two. Uh, so what happened is... <coughs> The aggressor came after us. They weren't amazing. Um, yeah, I was the second one on site. You were already on site. I came in second with my right. nomad. Oh, that's right. They killed you eventually. Yep. After, after a very fun. long period of time, there were a couple gladiuses, and and it, they almost killed me in my vulture. But they should have been able to easily kill me in my vulture because I wasn't even maneuvering, and they didn't. Uh, and then you came in, and you were essentially. Uh, avoiding Jousting. quite yeah, a bit with the MSR. Yeah. and yeah. attacking them. Yeah. And then um, ultimately when, after you had left, uh, so Chekhov ended up going in there. Left same a relative he didn't, there. Yeah. <laughs> just detonated. It's more appropriate. Well, I mean, I mean, after <laughs> you just had to get off and uh, go. Oh, okay. After that. Yeah. Um, I had gone back with a, um, a Corsair, and then Chekhov was coming back in an arrow and accidentally ejected. But anyway, ultimately it ended up being me and a Corsair attacking them, and they killed me. Uh, and the one that killed me was actually the Reclaimer on site. 
um, because the Reclaimer had uh, their cannons on me. And they actually, the Reclaimer was probably the best pilot out of all of them. Um, but he killed me. And then, and, and I was getting hit by the Gladiuses as well. Then I, I ended up coming back at the same time. Flavius came back with with a um, MSR and, and Chekhov was in the turret. So Chekhov was in the turret and Flavius was flying the MSR and I was in a Andromeda um, and we just, they could not kill us. Um, we were struggling to kill them too, but ultimately um, we had more people come in to help. Um, and then uh, what ended up happening, uh, I think it was what Jandal helped us as well. What ended up happening was I decided, I was like, oh, they're almost done mining. We're going to lose the mark, or not mining, salvaging. We're going to lose the markers and everything, and I want revenge. So I went after the Reclaimer, and they were they were working in the cargo hold or something, so they posed zero threat. So I blew up the Reclaimer. Oh, interesting. And then I started, I started uh, recovering their salvage, um, and then Flavius, Chekhov, and I essentially took off all of their cargo and then checked all the other ships for drugs and stuff. And then we went and sold it. We didn't make a ton of money, but we got revenge for them being jerks and not being cooperative players. And, um, we also, uh, made a little bit of money. Four of us made about some odd grand, uh, which is what we made. Yeah. Yeah, but it was fun because I mean we had also our you know I did get shot down uh, by the MSR mm-hmm. eventually, and uh, I went back and Chekhov was coming out, but we were kind of piecemealing in. You had you had just left and Chekhov was jumping to you, but you had left, so he just kind of missed the the this point. Yeah, <laughs> and was out of fuel. Yeah, uh, but was close enough to jump back to you when you came in, and I was coming out with a refueler. And I uh, realized, you know, as I got out uh, of Lorville and was halfway there, I realized that oh, I don't have any fuel on this thing. I just have empty tanks. <laughs> so we just sell, yeah, we go buy fuel. And so I yeah. flew to Hurlow 4 and realized that I had been using all my money to buy cargo and it was sitting on my Taurus back at Lorville. So oh, no. 700 AUEC in my account. Oh, <laughs> and I no, used just- so I went to use. I didn't. I don't want to borrow any. I'm trying to grow my my uh, my funds in you know internally. So I went to go buy fuel. I said, "Well, if I'm going to buy anything, I'm going to buy hydrogen or uh, I'm going to buy um, quantum quantum fuel." So Chekhov can get back and accidentally hit the hydrogen fuel refuel. <laughs> <laughs> so I have 700 AUEC, probably a gallon in my start there. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness oh, good time. Oh, no. right. well it ended up being fun and it was very emergent Flavius came on for the, for those who um, know him or even who don't he came on in the discord we were we were in the discord right before starting the episode tonight and he's like you guys want to do that again <laughs> and Flavius is the <laughs> one who like tries to solo them all every night so yeah and he's good at it he's a good yeah. miner Maybe yeah. check up both. They're really good. Haymar's a good miner. Um, yeah. Badger. I haven't mined him forever. I haven't either. So um, we, we have a lot to talk about, or at least there's a topic that I think we will talk about a lot. So I think we should jump jump into okay. uh, the content for last week. 
first and foremost, um, ISC last week was about ships, and because it was a- it's Alien Week, um, the first part was about the Santakiai or Santakai, Santakiai or whatever it is. Um, they uh, sort of did like a calling all dev style format and discussed. Uh, funny enough, right before recording, uh, it failed its gray box review. So yeah. Um, you know, they were talking about that and showing how, how you know, challenges arise. Uh, and the reason it failed, they kind of knew it was going to fail, uh, even though it's not, it's, you know, it's less than 50% common uh, to have a fail at that stage, but they didn't finish the cockpit layout. So um, that's all they need to do in order to complete the gray box. And then it'll take a few weeks to get the rest of the ship in order. Um, so that doesn't look like a 320, but you never know. Could be. Right. Good looking um, ship. I, yeah. I have one. I've, I've had one for a while. Uh, yeah. My, you know, I get the Santaki eye until then, but uh, I think it's a cool looking ship. Yeah. That's uh, the, and once I have the cockpit layout, by the way, it will go back to the scout ship, uh, the uh, cart to wall. It will. Okay. Um, yeah. So they'll, they'll fix the cart to walls um, cockpit as well. And the rest of the ship's in the right state. They'll just have to put textures and such. Um, right. They talked about how the engines are very similar to the ones on the Fury and that the work kind of helped with that. They'll have anti-grav. They talked about Opoa as a brand, um, having yep. all those interesting transitions and such. But it looks like a cool ship. They want it to feel like very organic yeah. as it flies. Yeah. What, you know, one thing I would uh, – if if you haven't flown a Sentaki Yai, the Scout version um, – the the Cartuol. Cartuol. If you haven't flown the Cartuol, you're probably looking at the Santaki Eye and going, oh, it looks very shiny, very composite material and thing like that. But the Cartuol actually is very textured. It's when It looks like it's kind of got a candy apple coating on it, but when you get mm. up close, it's got like a carbon fiber feel. It's checkered. Um, with little diamonds all over it. It's extremely tactile, I guess would be the term. Um, it, it's, it, it just is a great paint, paint and skin. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that the Sentaki Eye, Sentakal, Sentakyal. It's like Yeah. I hope that it gets the same treatment. I thought it looked very, yeah. very good, but it didn't quite. It literally looked like gray box to me, like a gray box, yeah, white it, box. Well, right? it was gray box. Yeah. Yeah. So. So. It was just a so, green paint instead of like whatever the texture right. and, and and paintwork will be. That's going to bring it to like another level. <clears throat> I mean, that is going to bring it through the roof. I think it's going to be gorgeous. Are you surprised we didn't see a new alien ship during Alien Week? You know, I was, to be honest with you. Which should be wrapping up tomorrow, or, yeah. or is today the last day? Because um, it started last week on Thursday. I was, uh, in fact, I'm looking at the homepage. Uh, let me check. I think it is, it, it may be today. I can't find it. Um, I was surprised because they kept talking about, you know, we heard in uh, Leaks Discord about the other um, the other ship that sort of sounds a lot like the cargo ship. Uh, the, uh, um, t- 
I don't know what you're talking about. The Raylan. It was like Sulin or something like that. So they thought it was related in some way. I was actually hoping we would see something like that. You know, that was, um, but I, you know, there's a lot of things I really like. The other one I kind of was a little, I really liked their commercial, if you don't mind me. Oh, yeah, it was fun. Diving in. I thought it was very clever. I thought it was uh, a nice, refreshing little change. Um, I thought it was, you know, funny. Um, you it's know, everything playing, it's definitely months, playing right? On, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely playing also on the, like, Lost in Translation commercials that you see, like, in Asia sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would have, you know, they had that, that, I don't know if you saw the little transmission from the Banu Protectorate. They have mm-hmm. like that 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 fidget device or whatever that thing is in that image. I That's would what love, they're giving it. I would love to have gotten that as an item. That's what they're giving out at the uh, bar citizens now. Oh, really? Yeah. Drow's got uh, to at his bar citizen. Oh, well, maybe they'll man. give it out to bar citizen before citizen con. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. <clears throat> I, I thought that was very cool. I thought that was a very cool looking thing, but I, you know, I, overall, I I love the paint jobs they came out with. I thought they were pretty good. Uh, yeah, you know, so I like it. I like what they've done. Definitely, um, it's it's an interest. I you know, I'm not a you know me. I'm not a huge alien ship person, but right. I like the diversity of ships in the game. So, like, while I'm not into them so much. I, you know, I like seeing them. Yeah. Um, and then the second half, I, this is the part that I thought we were going to be quite uh, chatty about, yeah. was uh, the whole C. Uh, and so they talked about how, you know, they were developing it over five years ago, but they paused it because one of the um, bottlenecks uh, was a team that had more of an interest in figuring out object and container streaming, which was very important technology to get 3.0 working mm-hmm. properly. Uh, and so, uh, and then they talked about how the main challenges were both the cargo arms, but they had figured that out with the whole A, but even more so the central hall, which expands. And there's a lot of moving parts in order to make that happen. Yeah. And of course, you know, with Star Citizen, they don't want to fake it. Um, so, um, but the result is a really cool looking sci-fi experience walking through an expanding hallway while it's opening up. Oh yeah, I was blown away by that. And the ship it itself, really cool. it's, it's obviously a big ship, but um, yeah. even the silver and the black um, with mm-hmm. a little bit of yellow trim paint they had on it was just gorgeous. I mean, it looks so mm-hmm. crisp and new and um, just really was gorgeous. Um, yeah. So I'm super psyched. Yeah. I'm also uh, other, super stoked to see the D and E afterwards because they're way bigger than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, what they talked about at the rest of the episode too, they meant they talked about how it won't be able to land on ground with the cargo um, arms open. Mm-hmm. So you know you'll have to stick to stations or Orison, I would I would imagine, but. Uh, in order to buy cargo, the first thing you do is it, either you're landed in a hangar or it's docked at a docking collar, and then you go buy the resources at the station. Um, <clears throat> but your ship will not load immediately. You'll have to 
um, get in the ship, expand, and call the a- ATC. Uh, there's a new ATC for the cargo uh, section of the station, and it'll give you a location to go fly over to, and then cargo will appear on your ship. Um, it looks like kind of a in-between stage before uh, anything else. Uh, there's a cargo loading timer on it too. We'll see if they apply cargo mm-hmm. timers to all ships now, or if it's just still going to be the whole sea because it's so big. Um, they mentioned that the whole sea is going to be at current standards. So things like, you know, um, having locations for uh, fire hoses and things like that, interactable component bays, etc. The, uh, they also showed off the engineering room, looks, which looks extremely cool and looks to be about three or f- three or so floors tall. Uh, is pretty much the whole back of the ship, uh, as well as a little bit of a glimpse of the tractor beams. Uh, there should be four of them. It looks like two, uh, two on the top on each. Well, one on each side on the top, one on each side of the cargo grid on the bottom. Um, what we didn't see is those. In action, we got to see the location of the remote access to it, but they didn't show those, so we don't right. know if they're going to be working for for three dot twenty or not. Right. So yeah, uh, thoughts, Seaguard, and so, I guess so, I'm curious what your thoughts are on the mechanism for loading, and sort of is it what you expected, or are you surprised in any way? Uh, I actually think it's cool. I think it's acceptable. I really thought there would be some kind of like scaffolding you would fly between or fly into, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of like in Star Trek with the uh, uh, the when they're building the you know the the re- rebuilding the old Enterprise into the new one, kind of like a scaffolding, a scaffolding. That's what I thought it would be like, and you would kind of dock in there, and they would you know mechanical mm-hmm. arms would be just loading packages onto you, um, but. I, this is more than acceptable, at least for now. I'm sure that'll take another step further. Um, I like the fact that it looks like we're going to have more ships that can dock at least one more. Because uh, I think mm-hmm. docking is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, one one observation I made, um, uh, it'd be interested in your thoughts, is that my speculation has always been that the, the cargo boxes that are on the raft for, or basically um, 32 cargo units each, right? Mm-hmm. So what it looked like to me was that the next level up was eight of those 32 cargo units. In other words, the ones on the whole sea were four of the ones on the, on the, from the raft on the bottom and four on the top to make a thicker one. And if you watch when they draw in, they draw in in that manner. So my thinking is, is it's four times, well, it's two times 96. Uh, so what's that? Uh, oh, so, 100, so it's almost 200 cargo units per, is that, that's right, 296, 96. It's almost, two, yeah, it's a little over 200 cargo units per box that draws in on the whole sea. Oh, so I, those are the thirty-two SCU cargo ne- units. No, uh, they're. I think they're they're thirty-two no, 30 on the raft. On the raft, yes. No, I did, I did the math on it too. 
the so the whole C, if you look at it and you watch it load and you watch the video, right? The on each cargo arm, there's two sections of boxes, right? Okay, right. Each box is a th- thirty-two, and the thirty-two boxes there are eighteen. So on each section there is thirty. What is it? Um, so eighteen times two, so thirty-six for each arm across four arms is 144, and those are 32 SCU, which is 4,608, which is the cargo capacity of the Okay. So each box is the same as the one on the left. Yeah. Uh, It might look, because the way they they refactored the boxes, Mm -hmm. it looked different than what's on the raft. The raft looks, uh, doesn't have kind of that, those little anchor points on the end. Right, so it almost looks like they took eight. It looks like they took the SU boxes we have now and smushed them in between two boxes because you could see separate sections of it almost. It almost has like sections, okay, but it's just one big box if you look at it slowly. Right, I watched it a couple times. <laughs> That's why I was wondering because I was wondering how the math works, right? Because you have ships like yeah. the, like the, uh, uh, the Aurora CL, right? Carry six. Yeah. Well, six goes in the 32, right? So, you know, these numbers start to combine into combinations. Uh, and I yeah. was kind of, at one point, I was a couple weeks back speculating on the size of containers, how big they were going to be. And that was one of the options was was the 32. Um, yeah. It's, it's There's like a certain set of numbers that give you an unlimited combination. And it's not like one size one, one size two, one yeah. size three. It skips at certain points. Um, and then anything built, I think you, you get up to about nine or eight. It's eight or nine. You basically, any combination from there goes. It's a relatively small number of possible sizes uh, that need to be yeah. drawn. Uh, so that's good to know. Now we know that's the, the same size as a raft. So a raft is going to have to make a lot of trips to fill up a whole sea. Uh, yes. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and, as a matter of fact, it would be what? Uh, it would be 48 trips. Yes. <laughs> and what else carries? Is, yeah. Um, what does a hull A carry? 64? Yeah, but a whole A I don't think can carry a 32 because it's bigger than no. the grid. I'm just trying to think of how many times a whole A. I always, you know, I always thought it was multiple of fives between the whole series. Like it would take five trips of a whole A to fill a whole B, five trips of a whole B to fill a whole C, C to D would be five. I, D thought, to this, five. I thought it was an eight SCU on the whole. Yep, that might be. But I'm not sure. But they grow exponentially, and so I or just, no, the whole carries one SEU cargo boxes. I can't remember how many. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's, it's sixty four. The same as a freelancer, other, I think. But anyway, you answered my question. You answered my question. Good. The other question I had for you. So, well, I, I let me let me kind of comment on what my question was, and then let me ask you so the thing i think yes i I think it's a perfectly good transition mode my guess is because a lot of people were saying well why don't you just have them dock it and then it load it at the dock i think what they're trying to do if you notice when you called the atc i don't think that's going to go away 
I don't think the cargo ATC is going to go away. It's just going to change because <clears throat> if you notice where it told the ship to go, it was right next to the external cargo facility on yeah, the station. I hadn't noticed so that. All those, yeah, so you could see all those exterior cargo bays. I think what they're missing and what they still have to put in the game is the functionality for how that cargo gets on the external grid. Because, you know, if you look at, for instance, and I think it's further out than something like the cargo elevators, because the cargo elevators spawn the cargo in the elevator and then bring the elevator up to you, right? So that's the that's the way it, it takes something from out you know from memory and puts it into the real world or the you know the virtual right, world right whereas here unless they already know that that cargo's pre-allocated on the grid and points it out to you it would have to be able to set up a specific bundle that you can take but i think what they're trying to do is program you to know to go to that area it now very much makes that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense. And then you could now the question is, do we think the vehicle tractor beams are going to work on it? Hmm. And keep uh, in mind, these tractor beams are the I think the like our handhelds won't carry 32s. So unless we had other so right. pirates out there wanting to destroy a whole sea they're not going to be very good at piracy if they don't yeah. have their own whole C and they don't have tractor beams working on the whole C yet. Correct. I, I actually think they will work because I do think they're going to let you transfer cargo to other ships. Yeah. Yeah. It would make all the sense in the world to be able to put those on the side of a, on the raft, for example, right. And a raft needs a tractor beam to pick up and lower their, cargo yeah so i would say yeah. yes um and that's going to be a fun ship when you can use that back station to move the yeah. cargo but that's going to be a lot of fun i'm looking forward to that one but i mean we yeah, know at I the very least work. we know at the very least there it's it's created now so the question is is the tech there i don't see what would be so challenging mm -hmm. that you wouldn't be able to use it right off the bat and it looks like it's really good coverage because you you look like it looks like you can kind of do a, a one eighty of the spindles and then the bottom one could do the other one eighty. Right. I didn't see two on the bottom. I only saw one on the bottom. Okay, so uh, one on so top and front, one in back on top. And then I saw one in front on bottom. I didn't see one in back on bottom. It it gets uh, obfuscated a lot in the pictures. There's one angle that you can see it where there okay. are, you could just see all four of them at once. It's like when it's a big side view, right? I think it's, but uh, yeah, that uh, now the other question, and I've heard a lot of other con content creators talking about this, and I think it's pretty important as well. Do we think the whole sea will be worth a damn? in this next patch because will the, will the cargo hauling, especially because it's between stations, right? Right. Will they make that meaningful next patch or is it just going to go in the game capable of doing it, but not really matter? I, um, I have a feeling given their track record, it would just be capable of doing it. I that's mean, my that, fear. That's, and that, and I think that's a 
more than likely, in my opinion, 80%. Um, I think it, I think it has the potential to break a server if we're not careful, right? Uh, remember yeah. the days when you could go crash a server by buying Laronite and filling a, a caterpillar too yeah. many. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, me, always the optimist. I hope... I hope they refactor yeah. at least a little bit or give you at least what other people were saying that I think would be good is at least give them, give station to station cargo hauling a purpose. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just one resource and it's not a ton of money, but it's worthwhile. Or maybe here's some, I'm just going to throw a little speculation grenade out there on tomorrow's inside star citizen. It's the Bishop feature team talking about mission work coming to 3.20. Maybe they'll do cargo missions. Well, uh, you know, they've had reputation for several things along the way, and cargo <clears throat> is not one of them. And cargo yeah. has been around a long time. Yeah. I think reputation should be earned for cargo hauling. Like, wouldn't it be nice to have Kovalex and you could do work jobs for Kovalex? Yeah. Or even move it from the mining facilities, right? You, yeah. you know, you get hired to haul a bunch of it to Lorville and sell it for uh, the refining company. Um, yeah. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. How do you think the fuel efficiency is going to be on that? I mean, obviously it's not free to operate, but there has to be a substantial benefit it's, to operating large amounts of cargo on one vehicle. It's got to be. Cost I don't. Things. I don't know if it'll be efficient so much as capable of going very long distances. Mm-hmm. Like my suspicion, and we've talked about this before, because I believe that what we'll end up ultimately seeing with the cargo system is a hub and spoke model, right? I think That's right. a lot of I think a lot of what we're gonna see is Resources that aren't found within the Stanton system are going to be brought in from other systems to one central place and then allocated across the system based on demand. And the ships bringing in from one system, this the whole seas, to me, a whole sea is more likely to be best suited for system-to-system cargo transport. Yeah, interstellar, truly. Yeah, and then, and then smaller ships, a C2 and smaller are going to be within system, right? Right. Take from the hub, go to the spokes. But I I truly think that the spokes are going to be the the stations above the planets, and then the planets, uh, then there'll be smaller cargo haulers down to the planet. Right, right. Well, who knows? I guess we'll see. I think it's cool. Um, I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. I, I hope they do something to make it viable. It seems like it seems like they were going to try to, but it's also a ship that they need for Squadron Forty Two, so mm-hmm. it might not matter. Um, now, uh, any la- any final thoughts on the whole sea before we move on? Um, do you think it looked too clean, like on the inside, no. or do you think it? I mean, it looks like it's right off the showroom floor. And yeah. There is something to be said for like the uh, re- reclaimer, right? Has that gritty used ship business ship. But I, I don't. I like that for the like. If you're talking about immersion, I like that. But 
the fact that every reclaimer looks like that bothers me. Because what's a brand new spanking reclaimer look like, you know? True. Absolutely. So true. I think ultimately they might have to go back in and reduce some of that on the reclaimer and create that as part of the wear and tear. Yeah. But, you know, like I don't even like the set dressing. Like if it were me, and this is just how anal retentive I am, um, I hate that my Carrick dining table is covered with crap. Oh, I got you. I don't like the bunks come with their own set dressing. I want people to be able to, to put their own things there or, right. you know, or have, I want to be able to, like, to me, a benefit of being a captain is like saying, hey, here are some decorations in this hangar. Feel free to customize your spot however you want. Here's some posters. Here's some stuff, you know, whatever you want to do. Have at it. Um, I'm going to need it. I'm going to need the space because I got a lot of those freaking posters, a lot of those boxes yeah. for those ships. I'm going to have an entire closet full of just the boxes. How about, I mean, look at all the holograms we got earlier on. Yeah. And the table, the hologram table. That's going to be crazy to put yeah, in. Even the plants. I used to set them up in my hangar. I used to have the jukebox and the calendar and all that stuff. And I set them up and walk around. And the fish tank. I had two, two, three fish tanks. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> you know, at the time, I would just buy packages that had a lot of stuff in them. Not, you, would, you had to buy the package that came with all the extras, like, like the yeah. Rebel Law one. Uh, but uh, I love I that stuff. The little, I bought a few of those subscriber set decor before, like the Revenant yeah. tree and all that crap. When we had the, 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 the I can't think of the name of fish or the different types of fish and the crawdad, the crustacean looking little thing that would crawl around the inside of your tank near the crash constellation. Uh, helmet with the skull in it for your fish decoration. I didn't, I, that's after my time or, you know, before my time. Oh yeah. You used to have the fish tank and they had a little crustacean that would move around and move his claws and he'd move forward and backwards. And then, it was a crass constellation, which is still visible in the tank in the constellation. Uh, I think it's the mm -hmm. Phoenix has it has the fish tank with the broken crash constellation as the decoration at the bottom of the tank. Mm -hmm. um, and then you used to have a helmet with a broken visor and a skull behind it that was sitting in your tank. Oh, nice. <clears throat> yeah, so. Love it. Um, I'll be honest, the... Uh... The Star Citizen Live this week, it was the lore team. I, as much as I like lore, I didn't have time to watch it, and I was like, it's the same stuff that. Yeah. There's nothing new, um, yeah. so I did not uh, write a recap of that. Um, mm. As I mentioned, this week's con. Did you see it by chance? I, I did. I watched. Uh, I watched it, and uh, anything interesting in my conversation? Well, they're, they're still working on. Um, one of the languages, and then there was some discussion around, like the martial nature of the Tavarans. Um, you know, uh, you know, which one would you rather? Like one of the funny questions was, which would you rather fight, a small, a small Banu, a Tavaran-sized Banu, or a Banu-sized Tavaran? Who would you rather negotiate with? I think was the question. It's like, 
you know, given that the Bavarans are a uh, martial nature and they and the Banu are huge, you would have a really big nasty guy to negotiate with if you had that one. Uh, but what's interesting about it is so ironic about that, and I find this interesting. At, you know, is that the Tavarans are the ones that actually assimilated into the right, right. versus the Xi'an and the Banu still kind of are on the periphery. I mean, you'll probably mm-hmm. still see them, but you're more likely to, to encounter a Tavarin in uh, in a human system than you are a Banu or a Xi'an. Right. Now, they did say that there are Tavarin enclaves. Uh, I don't think they use the term enclave, but there are locations where some Tavarins prefer to live amongst their own. They don't. Mm-hmm. And they, they stay away from the humans as much as possible. They're not... They're not on a reservation of any type. I mean, they just said, we're going to settle this area. Um, it's not like you're forbidden from going there, but you would be, you would not be the majority in those situations, right? Yeah. And they were, you know, they were talking about uh, the differences. You know, a lot of it was questions coming in, but the differences between like, um, you know, how did like the Banu deal with the, uh, uh, about the Kilrathe, uh, the uh, oh, the bad guys. Oh, um, Vanduul. Vanduul. Like, how do they deal with the Vanduul? And and they said they actually do trade with them. They 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 are not of the the Banu are not of the mind that you know the the enemy of my of my friend is my enemy. They're not of that nature. Yeah, because it's yeah. all about trade. It's all about trade, yeah. yeah you and need the new sp- weapons to kill the humans. We got weapons. <laughs> yeah, you, you and your human thing—that's not our concern. That's right. Uh, and then some people had asked, were there any um, Earth ships that had been converted to Var to Banu or Tavarin? And uh, they said, yeah, it would be. They don't, you know, have anything written yet, but they said it would definitely not be something to put past the, the Banu. I mean, the Banu, if it makes money, they'll mm. do it. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and there would be a curiosity for aliens to own human ships, partly because the convenience of parts. Right? Yeah. Um, and some of it is to not stand out as much. So it kind of gives them a little bit of way to kind of blend yeah. in a little bit better. So yeah, <laughs> I, I thought it was okay. I always enjoy listening to that stuff. Yeah, I normally do. I just didn't have time, and yeah. even then, I would. It's so dense <laughs> with information that it, it would is. be a lot to. It is a lot to uh, assimilate. Uh, anyway, this week, as I mentioned, the ISC it's going to be the mission feature team uh, and their work coming to three point twenty and beyond, and then Star Citizen Live will be all about. It's a game dev episode about production with uh, Jake Ross, who we haven't seen in a while. Um, and he used to be kind of a regular. Um, remember, he'd do all the Austin updates. Yeah, absolutely. And he also would sometimes co-host. Uh, yeah, he had the beard. Uh, and then uh, for a while, he looked like... Uh, around the verse. <laughs> yeah, Chris Kringle. He looked like... Uh, not Chris Kringle. Uh, who's the the dentist? He used to tease him. He looked like the dentist from... Not the dentist. Uh, the, the miner from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, oh really, Cornelius? Cornelius? I don't remember his. Didn't he have a beard, beard when he was younger? Like when he was first doing it, he had a heavy beard for a while. 
I think he has a beard. But are you thinking of the same person? I may not be. I thought I was. He was out of Austin, Texas. Yeah. Kind of a taller He's thin a thin guy. guy. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, for a while he, he had a beard that kind of made him look like um uh, not, yeah, I just said his name. Anyway, he looked like the the minor Cornelius. Cornelius. But uh huh. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good to see him on there again. Yeah, um I have a feeling it's going to be one of the more fluffy ones, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, they got to come up with their own content. I <laughs> am not going to judge. Yep, I agree. Um and then also this week is another run of Jump Town 2.1. So it's going to be playing, I, I think, all weekend. Um, so anyone who wants to give that a shot, they're probably testing the stability of 3.19.1, which I forgot to mention is live. Yes. Um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about before we go into the other content that we normally discuss is citizen con yes um, so it was announced that uh, tickets will be going on sale next week wednesday the 28th thursday the 29th and friday the 30th in waves uh subscribers get first pick sorry guys do subscribers and concierge or just subscribers? and concierge yeah and concierge yeah, yeah. um and it's going to be at the la convention center uh, ticket prices are $199 for your regular admittance and $299 for like an exclusive type of VIP thing. I think the main thing is like an after party on the, on the, the last day. Uh, the main change, though, is it's going to be Saturday and Sunday this year. <laughs> you pay for both? You pay for both days? Uh, or is it 300 for both, both days? days? That's for yeah. both days. Okay. Um, so, Seaguard, put your speculation hat on. What do you think that means? Oh, I think we're seeing Squadron 42. Maybe not for public release, but definitely for display. I I don't see what else it would be. Um, and I think unless, unless it's not truly two full days or it's... I feel like I feel like we're going to get an announcement at least of the timeline of the game, like the start of the marketing. Right, right. <clears throat> Maybe that's hopium, um, but it's got to be something. It's got. I mean, if not, then they're crazy to have two days and set our expectations like this because it's always been a day. Right. If it's not squadron, it's got to be something really exciting. Um. Yeah, uh, you, yep. you mentioned you were attending. Yeah, I'm going to do the same ticket you are. I'm going to do the, the yeah. more exclusive one. And Skyguard is also going to go. So I know Skyguard's going to be there, and you and I will be there. So we'll meet him, which will be fun. Yep. Uh, I'm sure Nets will be there. That'd be great. We can meet all these guys. Uh, um, the the question is, if anyone else is going, uh, you know, let us know. Uh, should we get a booth, Seaguard? Uh, we could. We could. I just don't know how that works. I'll read into it. Yeah, it's not like we have a lot to show. I mean, my smiling no. face, I can bring my Roman helmet. Well, we could do a a Parley House slash Citizen Cast booth, maybe. Yeah, I mean, um, either. Yeah, no, not, I do both. Yeah. 
no matter what, I'm going to get us T-shirts to see guards so that people okay. know it's us. Gotcha. Gotcha. I was going to get us something, too, just for gifts. But, uh, for, yeah, maybe I'll get some swag to give out too, some stickers or something. No, I mean just for us. I mean, I was going to get just. Oh, I know. I was thinking concierge. I was going to get you know, Skyguard. I was going to get something pretty manly. I was going to get you flowers, but that's oh, just, thanks. Yeah, or, thanks. or the fake gummy bear. Of course, it'd be something sparkly. I'll probably too. be real ones. I'll bring real ones. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> I was just, you know, I was just checking, um, you know, if you get to certain levels in the chairman club, there is like, I have a special black, um, like metal card. I have two actually one from a level and one from a lighter level. And there is some advantage to that. And I can't remember. I'm going to have to go look at the book I got with it because it does give you some advantages. And I wonder if it's not, uh, entry. Things like that. Not that it would be free, there might but, be a, but there might be like an open bar for you or something. So just remember yeah. to smuggle me some gin drinks. Oh, I'll, I'll <clears throat> buy you a gin drink either way. And you're going you're uh, to have to buy me a gin drink. So I know something. I, yeah. I, I tried making my own gin, but I'll oh. have to try a, a true old fashioned and I'll have to try a gin drink. The uh, There's this bar. So my roommate has. Um, his dad was in town, so that's why I, I – uh, actually, that's not a why. It's, I was just kind of like I would have actually probably played more, <clears throat> and I did pretty well this weekend. But we went to the – there's this gin bar in Manhattan that is out of control good, and they feature a new gin every, every week. And I think I had – I wasn't too bad for me. Um, I've been trying to be a little more concerted about my alcohol intake because it makes it really hard to lose weight. Um, yeah, that's my excuse, too. But, well, <laughs> for me, it really is. The, I the ate the bar. Like, I ate the glass. I, ate the I, could be eating like, I could be eating like chicken and broccoli <clears throat> and then drink my weight in gin and tonic and not yeah. see a pound difference. Um, but, uh, it was so good anyway. So that, well, we're hoping to see everyone there and, um, we'll, we'll probably end up going to the bar citizen the night before I'm guessing. Cause I'm going to yeah. fly in Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, if there's a Friday, event, yeah, I'll definitely be doing that. I'll turn it into four yeah, and they, fly back on Monday. A, yeah. That's what I was going to do too. Okay. My uh, wife is talking about coming. Uh, I, she won't be going into the event with us, but uh, yeah, I don't. You know, I don't want her to be on her own either. But I don't know what she's going to do. But it'd be nice to have her there. But you get to meet her. If not for that. <laughs> Something. Yeah. There yeah. you go. We yeah. can have dinner. Yeah. See. Um. Excellent. So anyway, we'll probably talk more about details about anything we're going to do. Yes. Um, or where to meet up as we get closer to the event. Right. Um, maybe we'll even try and do like a depend when once we see the schedule, we could see if we could s- slip in a recording or something right. at some point while we're there. Uh, but yes, there are a couple guest messages today. I think first we should play the message to Mr. Dumont from yes, Olivia Octavic. Um, so I'm going to play that now. Dear George Dumont. 
My name is Major Olivier Octavic, and I am one of the staff officers that work for Lieutenant Colonel Lustrov. He passed your name on to me to send you our jobs if they come up. If you're interested, that is. Now, not all these jobs are public, and we would like some discretion. So, if anyone asks, we don't know each other. We will contact you again soon to hear your answer. And transmission. Oh, I thought it was going to be like a love letter. No, no, no. This is so. Remember, I'm Seagard, and he has yeah. met me now. George Dumont has met me now, and I've been paying him two thousand UEC a month or a week, and he's been taking odd jobs for me, shuttling my ships around. Mm. But what I really need is I need someone who's young enough to really do the rough and tumble work and maybe get their hands dirty in a little bit of the gray areas of the universe. So mm -hmm. I think this may be one of those opportunities. I'm going to have to send that young man down there and I'll have to give him a suit of armor or something and uh, a weapon or two. And maybe I, you know, uh, maybe the major there can whip him in the shape and get him exposed to the, Maybe even Grim Hex or something, you know, it's more gray areas of the universe. And they can, people like that can come in handy. So. Hmm. So George Dumont's the young one. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. He's the, Isn't that kind of like an older guy named George I Dumont. Know. I know. I, know. I just picture, <laughs> you know who I picture? Actually, maybe he's got a, yeah, because I picture Daniel Craig from Knives Out, like, my name's George Dumont. No, no. Yeah, like I know you're talking Dumont. about. I love that. That was so funny, him doing that accent. Uh, no, I actually, you know, I kind of got the idea early on. Uh, do you remember the days when they there was talk about you could have a, you know, people were like, I want a robot in my hangar cleaning and sweeping things up. And Yeah. You know, right? So I always thought, since your character could die, that there's two possibilities you could have there. It's kind of like um, Batman has um, his Robin? butler there. Pierce. Oh, Alfred. Alfred, right? Alfred, you could have, in a sense, a guy who hangs around your hangar. Nobody really knows who he is. He's an NPC. He does little odd things, but he has some kind of past, right? And he's kind of mentored your character. And I thought that would be one way to hand off whatever you've earned in game when your character died, you hand it off to another person. And the, the, con the continuity is, is that guy, the older guy, he's the continuity that brings in your new character and then introduces them to all the secrets of your, of your, of your previous, you know, lives or incarnations life, whether it was dirty or, yeah. you know, he introduces all the point of contacts and trusted friends and, you know, enemies and everything else. The second offer, the other, the second one I thought was to reverse that and make it a young kid. Mm -hmm. So imagine being the kid who cleans Han Solo's personal hangar. You know, yeah. Harrison, you know, Han Solo goes by and, hey, kid, I want to go take it, you know, take that Millennium Falcon out for a test drive. Tell me how quick it gets to yeah. back. And that's how you learn your skills, right? <clears throat> and I thought that would be kind of cool to have an NPC that you build in advance. It just kind of putters around, <laughs> right? Fixes stuff, puts things in racks for you. <laughs> you know, you just drop yeah. your clothes on the floor and they get put in your closet magically, 
I always thought that would be the kind of the thing. So George Dumont is maybe a, he may be a, uh, you know, someone that would just happened upon, or he may be someone that he knew existed from an old acquaintance and uh, an oops baby uh, that, you know, his ex-girlfriend has sent his way and he has accidentally bumped into George Dumont and uh, taken him under his wing. That's kind of the gist of it, right? To me, he sounds like the guy who he gives me like a, He's the guy, the card shark on the 890, you know, like he's, he's definitely a rogue. He's like, definitely going to be a rogue. A little like, oh, George yeah. Dumont. Yes. He's you know? definitely going to be that type of character. Um, Cause I, I Get want Sudar to be a legitimate guy on the surface. Yeah. And I don't really want to lose him. I want him to age over time and, build his wealth and power, assuming he already has some because he has so many ships, right? You don't really yeah. know how he got those ships, but that'll that'll be unfolding. But George is kind of the guy where you need a little bit of subtlety. Yeah. <laughs> he may know some people. I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> yeah. But he's not there yet. He's still learning. <clears throat> so this is his chance to go meet with this major and uh See what he learns. Um, you know what's really funny? Um, I was just thinking about it, and I know we've talked about this before. But with the death of a spaceman, the whole idea is that there would be a successor, and that's how the legacy lives on. Right, exactly. The child of or the the so, so-and-so of the person who passed. So you have their accomplishments still. Um, <clears throat> very like Lord of the Ringsy. Son of Gloin, you know, like yeah. But yeah. Um, I was just thinking about it. Like you've already created names that, if they go, hey, we're not going to do these handles anymore for names. It's going to be first name, <sighs> last name. Correct. You've already got that, and I'm like, oh no, what do I do now that I've been recording a moderately successful podcast? under the handle way too geeky and now i have to choose like a name and it's not going to be uh, by the way guys because i am like seaguard i maybe i don't walk in spaceports per se but um i'm not i th- i would never gamify my name to be like way too last name geeky i would make a real name correct that might be a call sign yeah yeah you know so I can think maybe an adventure occurs with you and George Demont. Perhaps. Okay. Now I want to. Now I have to think about my space name. Right. Yeah. Uh, and if you, well, if you think of, now, Seaguard definitely came from the the name came from a time I was watching Vikings when I was playing Eve Online, mm-hmm. and I wanted a name that was a little different, and I didn't want to use. I used to use A L Y F M L Y Alley Family. <clears throat> and all my games. It just was, I didn't care about names. But then I said, I don't want that. So I came up with an idea in Eve Online of, you know, you can draw your character. I have a very kind of interesting character. I used to use, even used to use that picture in Star Citizen. Um, mm-hmm. And then I came up with this idea. I'll call him something. And Seaguard's a good Viking name. And I named all my ships in the beginning after Viking ships. I, you know, I had all these, you know, Viking version of Nidal or 
striking eagle and you know, all these different names I would look up from historical context. And then I said, and, you know, the in if you go to Ireland, it's you know, it's Ian Mackison, right? Son of so and so, son of son, right? Uh, uh, or Ian uh, Ian McKeon would be Ian, son of Ian. So the same thing with the Scots; they have a form of it. The Viking, mm-hmm. it was, you know, you list the person. You are son of so and so. So Seagard Olafson is Seagard's son of Olafson. So my father's name was Olafson in the game. Oh, I thought it was Olaf. So. No, it's Olaf's son. Is but typically they get abbreviated to say Olaf's son now, but they used to be Seagard Olaf's son. Yeah, and if he had two you know kids, it would be, you know, John Olafson, right? And then John's son would be called John Johnson. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's you what know? I'm saying. So yeah. the, your father's name is Olaf. Olaf, exactly. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> that, I kind of took that form and I thought, well, that'd be kind of cool. Right. Yeah. So like that's Thor the format Od- I kind of took. Odinson. Thor Odinson. Bingo. Exactly. So that's kind of the, the narrative I took. I'm sure there's, you know, I would, I would think, wow, I don't know how the Japanese do it, but that would be an interesting one too. Oh, it's, it's similar oh, and uh, dissimilar. Well, uh, now we also have a guest journal entry from Rodney Evans. So let's take a listen to that. From the personal journal of Rodney Evans, 613-2953, I ran into some friends at Port Tressler who said they could lend me some money to help fix up my recently acquired constellation Taurus from a deceased relative. After fixing it up and replacing the worn-out quantum drive, I asked them how they made so much money. They both looked at each other and beckoned me closer. Listen, uh, you didn't hear this from me, they said, but there are a couple spots around Microtech where you can buy and sell some special cargo. It's lucrative, but it can be dangerous. Intrigued and looking to put my refreshed cargo ship to use, I followed their instructions to buy some special cargo. I flew to a place they mentioned, the Necropolis, and went inside to buy some cargo. I was surprised by the prices, but I knew they'd sell for a ton. I bought 4 SCU worth, that was all I could afford. I quickly left, making sure to check if anyone had seen me. The coast was clear. I quantum jumped to the place my friends told me would buy this stuff. It was pitch black with only a sliver of red on the distant horizon. As I got closer, I noticed on radar that another ship appeared to be landed at the site. No biggie, I figured, I've got a big ship with full shields, and they haven't moved yet. Chances are they were selling stuff, just like I was about to. Then things changed when I was about 5 kilometers away. Radar lock squawked the computer. I scanned incoming communications and looked for movement or other ships, but no further action accompanied the lock. I figured I was okay and proceeded. Then it happened, missile warning. I couldn't believe it. For missiles hit my port side almost instantly. The single flare I shot off had no chance. The engines failed and I lost control of the ship, now descending toward the moon's surface. Laser fire splashed on the shields of the cockpit. At that point, I knew I had lost the ship. Still descending to the moon's surface, I ran out of the bridge, 
past the crew area storing what little belongings I owned and opened the exterior airlock just as the ship hit ground. The jolt threw me to the floor, but I was alive. I got to my feet and jumped out of the airlock, running for a nearby group of rocks I knew would cover me. No sooner had I got into cover than the bright spotlight and flashing lights of the Cutlass Blue shined over my disabled ship. I started taking account of my situation. It was cold. Really cold. And that was going to kill me unless I got off this moon fast. I quickly sent a communication to Slipstream Search and Rescue, having seen an advertisement for them previously. They were on their way, but it was going to be a close call. Then, I saw the Cutlass finish searching the area, open their cargo bay, and land at the aft of my ship. I saw someone tractor beaming my cargo onto their ship and I knew I had a chance. I ran to their ship while they were distracted with stealing my cargo. I unloaded a whole clip of my SMG into the back door at the outline standing there, but then the ship took off and I was thrown several meters back. I jumped to my feet and ran for cover under my ship as a couple missiles exploded nearby. I was still okay. I saw the cutlass circling, hunting, looking to end my existence. I eventually scrambled back to the rocks, but the cutlass was still hunting the grounds. I ran further, seeing the spotlight of light cross feet away, knowing it meant certain death if it landed on me. Eventually it left and stole the last of my cargo, blowing up my ship in the process. I waited patiently for Slipstream to arrive, but things were getting dire. Both my arms had frostbite and needed medical treatment, I could barely walk, and my vision was dark and blurry. Finally, after what seemed like an eternity, I saw my ride. It was so good to see a friendly ship. My slipstream pilot picked me up and brought me back to Port Tressler. I may have lost my ship and cargo, but I was alive. To be continued. That's really good. <laughs> who who submitted that? Well, I I couldn't see the name of who actually sent it. It just came in as S on my uh, drive. Uh, in fact, I'm going to go back there and look right now. Um, uh, okay. Uh, let's see. But I thought it was I thought it was awesome when I got the message. I was like, yes. It's, uh, <laughs> I had no idea how popular this thing was going to be. I was just kind of. I know we uh, got two so- messages from other parties. Very fun. Yeah. S. Gateman? Oh, yeah, S. Gateman. There it is. Oh, I, nice. I missed the top. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. And it was good. I I, well, I just I thought about writing for something for George, and I said, no, this is even better. Now we got you know some communications going, and we can build some stuff off of it. So good job. And anyone else has anything, this is great. Um, I, you, know, you know what I would, I, I would really love? Uh, I don't know that I have the talent to do it, but I would love to see like a like a radio show like they used to do back in the you know the 30s and 40s. You know, um, it, you know just hello everybody. Like, <laughs> yeah, but they would tell a story. You know, like uh, they oh, would like actually a, act out like a story, right? Um, like HG with sound effects and things like that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think that would be super cool. So if anyone has an idea of how to do that with like sound effects in the back, you know, ground and how to mix the narrative, you know, you know, sequence them so they can have like a communicate or a, like an acting scene, you know, you could have characters responding to characters and different voices, you know, send me, send me how, or send, if you want to build it, you know, I'll definitely, we'll put it on here, you know, 
you know, definitely don't want it to be too, too long each time, but I think it's a, I think it's a really fun way to do this stuff. So. That reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of the show Frasier. I don't know if you ever watched it. I've watched Frasier. I haven't watched every show though. So he, uh, Frasier was trying to do this and you know how pompous he is and everything. Oh, so yeah. he's, trying, <laughs> he's trying to do this recreation of a murder mystery theater radio broadcast um, for Halloween or whatever. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and he has everybody participating and people drop out. So like his brother Niles has to be like three or four of different voices. And then Roz has like, she went to the dentist and everything was numb. So she kept talking like this and like all <laughs> kinds of crazy things. And he was getting so frustrated that he made the killer murder like six people just to stop the pain. <laughs> oh, it was so good. Oh, that that's is funny. one of my favorites. Uh, meanwhile, they're, uh, it's another show that's coming back as a revival. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not sure if it's going to be as good. They don't make anything original anymore, do they? It's, you know, it is tough. It's, there's some original shows. There's some really good ones, but yeah, yeah, there are a lot of remakes, revivals, but they were probably inspired by the fact that um, the Roseanne revival kind of survived as the Connors and as actually pretty well. Yeah. Some of the others Uh, didn't do as well. So anyway, this isn't pop culture talk. This is Citizen Cast. So let's move on to tips and tricks. You're right. Um, uh, so, for those who are fans of our Discord and for those who are interested in this content, come to our Discord. It's in the tips and tricks section. Uh, Big Mac posted both a camera control quick guide as well as a mining quick guide um, for people who are curious about those things. Um, so definitely take a look. He posted those uh, as documents uh, within the tips and tricks section of our Discord. Drowse said, to fix the small inventory window, if you click the filters button, the full window will display, making it much easier to manage inventory. <coughs> um, and Revolver Garrett confirmed, that's what I've been doing, annoying that the inventory window opens small. And then S. Gateman said, haven't proved this in all ships, but at least in the Vanguard, if you remove a ship component via tractor beam while in quantum, it will disappear into the abyss. Um, I've seen that happen in a couple of videos, so I think it might be a rule of thumb. Don't remove it while you're in motion. That would be bad. Uh, what about you, Seaguard? Any tips or tricks? Um well, I would say this one. Um, so if you have not flown a Starfarer before and you're thinking about getting one or you have one and haven't really flown it and figured out how to refuel it yet, the way you refuel them um, is that you actually go to your F1 menu while you're in a hangar or on a landing pad and you request, ref- you know, you know, you bring up the menu to service the ship, you know, you can repair and, and rearm and, refuel uh, and then 
Under the refueling, there's an auto setting and a manual setting. If you click on manual, it gives you access to the internal fuel tanks of the ship and the six big tanks on the back. And then you can fuel each of those six tanks with a different type of fuel. So uh, I would recommend you have more than 700 AUEC in your wallet when you do that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so... Uh, but that's a lot of fuel. That's a lot of fuel. I'm hoping they turn that into a cargo ability to transport fuel as a cargo or gas as a, as a cargo, gases, gases, hydrogen, etc. Uh, that would make it more useful, right? Instead of all crates. Yeah. Uh, that is how it's done. Excellent. I, uh, I personally do not have any tips and or tricks, which brings us to for science. Uh, we didn't get any for science submissions. Um, did you have anything for the listeners? I'm trying to think if I did anything for science. Um, Not, not really. I, I can't say that I did anything for science this time. Um, no, I would say we're good. Okay. I actually did, as I mentioned. Um, so I've been playing around with the cargo missions. And truthfully, um, you know, I was playing around with them before anyway, just because it seemed like the panels had been fewer and far in between than, than when they first introduced salvage. But uh, ever since they included now more, uh, more consistent or more regular spawning of cargo within these salvageable ships, I thought, let me test it. And I've been keeping a journal. So <clears throat> I did three, I think three major salvage missions over the weekend. First and foremost, I'm based in Orison. So one of the first ones that I did was based in Cruel One, so super close. Um, and it was a $50,000 hammerhead mission. Right, that's my first one. Yep, $50,000 hammerhead mission. First and foremost, within the hammerhead, I was able to obtain four different commodity boxes, one SCU each. Uh, one was Widow. One was Slam, one was Maze, and one was Quantanium. So the Widow, Slam, and Maze, I had to sell it at no questions asked. I was able to sell Widow at Grimhex for 12900 I was not able to sell the Slam at Grimhex, uh, but I was able to sell the Maze at Grimhex for 90000 The Quantanium, I sold at Orison for 25150 and then I sold uh, 27 boxes of RMC for a total of 207899 at Orison as well. So nice. if you that up, everything I sold was worth $335,949. Um, so minus the $50,000, I earned in profit $285,949. And this um, is the one with the mole, right? The, the mole is salvaged? Is, uh, it was a hammerhead that I salvaged. Oh, okay. and I was, okay. in a, I was in a vulture. 
Gotcha. I was so, thinking this is the one where uh, Luster was uh, getting the bags off of and yeah, for salvage. No. No, this was just the cargo in the cargo hold. So I ended yeah. up not being able to sell the slam. I probably could have found a place, but I didn't think it was worth trying to go to another place. Um, right. It probably took me about an hour, hour and a half. So mm-hmm. two eighty-five for an hour and a half isn't horrible. Um, now I took a fifty thousand dollar caterpillar mission. In this instance, it had zero cargo. Um. So, uh, I didn't make any of the drug profit or whatever the get goods were, quantanium or anything. Um, but I did sell 21 boxes of RMC for 177,090, which minus 50,000 is 127,090. It was a quick, um, a quicker sell though, uh, because I was able to do it in one trip. Um, so, it wasn't didn't take as long. It was pretty efficient, um, but that was pretty fruitful. Now here's the biggest haul I I made. I think at least in terms of what I could have made if I had the time and the resources. I spent one hundred and fifty thousand on in the wake of disaster. Um, in terms of what I was able to find, there were find there were uh, five ships. A Reclaimer, a Freelancer, a Freelancer Durr, a Constellation, Andromeda, and a Cuddy Black. Across those ships, I had two Gasping Weevil Eggs for 225000 one Slam for 16870 and two Maze for 180000 So my, just from the cargo, I made 421870 um, so minus the 150,000, my profit from just the cargo on those ships was 271,870. Um, so if you just wanted to grab the cargo, that's pretty quick. doesn't take very long. Um, and you make pretty good profit. Now I'm estimating here because of my experience with these ships, I did not, I had to leave before I could salvage these. But I'm going to go on a limb and say a reclaimer is at least two vultures full. And I'm talking about like 23 um, boxes or so. So, you know, uh, somewhere in the ballpark of about 280,000 worth of RMC. Then the two freelancers, I figure, would I rounded to um, a full vulture on two freelancers at 140,000. And I rounded down with the Connie and Cuddy Black as a single vulture full at 140,000. So, with my conservative conservative estimate, that's 560,000 in RMC. So, if you add that all up, it's somewhere between it's plus or minus 800,000 in profit. That's what I had heard. Um, that's now, I had seen it, a couple guys do that on YouTube and get the same result. That good sirs and good ladies is an uncontested in the wake of disaster as you saw or as you heard earlier we had a contested version now granted my recommendation is take the mission early and bring people to kill people because it always spawns it always spawns um outside of calm range so 
you're not going to get a crime stat for doing it. Um, so, you know, you could do what, what our tormentors did, or you could, you could allow fair play, but take the cargo first, whatever the case may be. But definitely, uh, if you're going to do it, make sure it's the beginning of the mission, not the end. All right. So that was my for science. A little detailed. Sorry, it took so long. Uh, there we have one. them. So that'll be my year's worth. Uh, and that brings us to your question of the week. Okay, so last week's question was, which of these broad categories do you feel is currently most lacking within the verse? Uh, Number one, ship systems, interaction, and gold standard. Number two, combat in space and or on the ground. Number three, the economy. Number four, trading and hauling. Number five, salvage and repair. Number six, mining and refining. Number seven, player, character, essentially, and medical. And number eight, exploration and science. Admiral Cody, first one in. And, of course, what did he say? Number eight, exploration and science. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, C.N. Fry said, uh, it was kind of an answer, non-answer. Uh, he said, multi-purpose. It would be nice to have a ship that can do combat, but also hold something to run bunkers with. Um, cool. Big Mac said, ship systems, interaction, and gold standard, as did Skyguard. Loon said, honestly, exploration and science first, and then trade and hauling second. There is no exploration to speak of right now, no reason to gather anything beyond ore, and nowhere new to explore besides the new cave systems. As for trade and hauling, it's the same thing. Nothing new to add to the economy. Slow restock on high-dollar items for hauling and trade. And wait for the whole series ships to show their existence and potential for trade. I'd say multi-crew gameplay, but again, outside of combat mining salvage gameplay, there isn't currently isn't a reason to even put a crew together unless you just want to hang out. Drow said, the economy. If there were more things to do in-game, the painful waiting would be eased. Strikeout Actual said, give me space trucker missions like in ATS, and I'm happy. So my vote is for trade and hauling slash the economy. Okay. Uh, for Mentor said, I'd also go with the economy. More precisely, service beacons and contracts emanating from the economy simulation. Trade and hauling is so intimately tied to the economy, too. It almost goes hand in hand. Understand. Uh, Cy- yeah. Cybear yeah. said, personally, the economy is highest on the list. And then master modes. It's time to nail down how we move around in the verse, and the economy will handle the why. Uh, Zeem said, I'd give this one to exploration and science. Every other category listed here has at least some degree of implementation, but there's very little reason to explore or settle out in the wilds right now besides the raw satisfaction of seeing new parts of a moon or planet. I don't believe science currently has any presence in the game at all. <clears throat> uh, Genly Annoyed said, 
Exploration and science mechanic is the most lacking, but the economy is the one currently holding the overall verse back, as it is a driver for pretty much all of the other activities. Science and exploration will help develop new ways to maximize profit through drum point discovery and research into new concepts that will make other commodities more important. Uh, Silvervolk said, hi all, exploration for me. I especially look forward to exploring with the view of setting up my own outpost at the most scenic place I can find. Um, Earth said, I was almost going to pick exploration, but I think the economy feeds into everything, even exploration, so it needs to be significantly bolstered. Economy is my choice. And S. Gateman said, the economy. Interesting. It's two good splits. Yeah. At least it seemed to me. I personally feel like the economy, as someone who wants to explore, I think there's no reason to until there's an economy. Unless yeah. they create, uh, depends on how exploration mechanics will play out. Um, but, you know, until something's valuable, there's no reason to add more functionality. For instance, the economy won't necessarily impact bounty hunting, right? So when bounty hunting 2.0 comes out, the simulation will, right? In the sense that supposedly the simulation of quanta will be based on the economy because if, if a more rich area has a lot of vibrancy when it comes to cargo hauling, you're going to find criminals who are going to attack hauling ships. So they're going to get crime stats. And so they'll be more likely to get a bounty on their head. And so that might affect bounty hunting, but I don't know. You don't need to have a, the fully fleshed out economy to have a fun bounty hunting experience, but I do almost everything else. It impacts salvage. It doesn't necessarily right now. If anything, it, my concern is we go so far that it'll impact whether or not we choose to salvage or mine. And I want every profession to be viable and want people to be able to have fun no matter what they choose. That's, that's Ryan. That's exactly it. And I'm also the same with the ships, right? I, I would rather see ships brought in that have been waiting. We've been waiting on than to see a constellation get reworked so that the jacuzzi works, right? Um, yeah. Or that the piano gets added in. Uh, or, you know, the freelancers I know are getting a work over right now, but I would rather have seen that put into a newer ship. Uh, yeah. Not a brand new ship, but a ship in the back, you know, backlog. Yeah. Because um, I do think that the ships that are at the gold standard right now are pretty cool. Yeah. Like you can yank components in and out and um, mm. and and physically I don't see like I know we don't have the in-depth, you know, secondary and tertiary reactions from damage, right? You know, you know, electronics exploding when you get hit with an EMP pulse and all those yeah. things. Um, but you do have the the graphics look fantastic. The interiors look fantastic. The elevators are, you know, I'd say generally working. Like the ones that were, like the remember the Connies were terrible for a long time. <clears throat> we have we have places we can hide cargo now on multiple ships. We have uh, we don't have tractor beams yet, but pretty much it's getting there. Things like crew stations yeah. and damage and things like that, I think can 
be extrapolated without modifying too much of what we're already doing. So yeah, yeah I, I definitely it was a choice between the economy or exploration and trade because I think it's the one that's kind of left behind right now. Or ex- exploration yeah. and science. Those are yeah. that was the ones. I just don't know. Like for right now, exploration requires so much because like the way I think about it is you need a new star map. You need to be able to save data points in a way that are resellable. Correct. So, and I imagine <clears throat> data running and exploration are going to be kind of close to one another, mm-hmm. even though data running is going to be different, but the, the in-game storage of data is going to be important. And that still, that requires persistence. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I feel like server meshing for some reason is going to be a bottleneck for exploration, but also like long range scanning, the ability Mm -hmm. to sell information, all this stuff will start to change things. And I think the only thing I worry about, and I was thinking about this because I, I don't know, I probably think about this game way too much more. I think about it. Um, I'm worried that exploration is the cheapest part of the life cycle of everything. The cheapest. Um, what do you mean cheapest to like do? The lowest paying. Sorry, the lowest paying because think about it. A miner is only going to want to buy a mining location if it's worthwhile for them. So, you know, maybe I guess ultimately you're not surveying It depends on how you can chunk up data, right? Like as an explorer, you're probably surveying a real big chunk of an asteroid belt, but you're not going to sell the information for the whole asteroid Mm -hmm. belt. You're going to break it apart and be like, here's a good set of rocks for you to mine. Or here's a battleground that we found that you could salvage. Or here's this phenomena. I just don't know how you're going to make it lucrative enough to – fund like i think about like what's the point in bringing out six people on a carrick how are you going to make sure that they're making money well that's you know you're right i think that the return per hour you know it's kind of a you know let's say over a six hour period i think you should be able to make a decent amount of money doing it Mm. but over a longer period of time, you should occasionally get that spike that really pushes you into the into like finding gold, right? I mean, you're yeah, right. So to me, exploration is more than just looking for new pathways through the universe and new planets. It's also um, also falls under it as like the uh, you know the what do you call them? The investigative missions, right? My husband died. We don't know what happened. Blah, blah, blah. Go find the truth. Um, Things like data hauling also, or data uh, is also like that, right? I don't need to, in fact, I don't, I shouldn't be reading the message as a data runner. I should be carrying the message, right? I should be doing at a very high stake, knowing that I have to either be very stealthy or very discreet or, I have to put it in someone's hand personally. There's a risk that they could take me out thinking I, I read it, right? There's some risk involved in it. So mm-hmm. I think of exploration encompassing a lot of those areas. And I think yeah. of reputation 
again, is the thing that's going to get you the more difficult jobs, right? Um, the Kovalex mission was fantastic. Um, truly, the cave missions, right? That's exploration to me. Mm, a little bit, yeah. If, if the person was alive, then it becomes a rescue mission. But you got to search and rescue. But it's more about finding than anything else. Um, bringing back relics, right? You go to a site um, and you find things that you don't really understand, but you bring them back to the person who paid you to go there and look for them. Yeah. Puzzles, solving puzzles. Um, yeah. Science is a little tougher. I have to admit, science is a little tougher. Well, I think science will be maximizing things or improving the ability right. to do certain things. Like you might even research different procedures to mine faster, to be able to refine faster. Correct. Yeah. It's uh, what do you call it? Um, Making medicines. Yeah, I can't think of the term. What do you when you man you make things in game? Um, oh, oh, crafting. Crafting. It's kind of a crafting kind of thing, right? Yeah, or at least related. Um, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. What's your question for this week? So this or... one is uh, more closely at home to the actual uh, parlay house. So bear with me. The idea is that parlay house is not an org, but it is a cooperative of people who agree to speak and work and pro help protect each other and for their greater economic good. Let's put it that way. All right. It can be a little bit of bad guys, a little bit of good guys. It can be pirates. It can be everybody. But everyone at the Parley House speaks with an equal, equal presence. So the question is, what do we call that? What do we call that business agreement? So here is the actual wording. Um, and it is posted. Okay. Given the dangerous and commercially competitive nature of known space, the Parley House residents want to cooperate for mutually beneficial economic and security purposes. What would be your choice for naming this partnership? And I just pulled together some. Um, there's also a, a selection that Geeky pulled together from ChatGTP. I won't read you all those, but there's probably 10 of them. But um, yeah. yeah, so there's an A, B, C, and D, and E choice, but you can you can select any. Just tell me what you think. Um, and there E is the other, right? You come up with something else. But choice A, cooperative corporate venture conglomerate. Now, to me, the acronym CCVC, not a bad acronym. You can put it in front of your ship name, the CCVC ship hammerhead. Uh, B, Independent Operators Industrial Conglomerate. Uh, acronym is IOIC. That's actually a pretty good one. Uh, I'm a member of the IOIC, right? Uh, number, uh, letter C, Confederation of Independent Industrial Operators. CIIO is what that one is. And, number, and D, the Strategic Alliance of Industrial Operators. S-A-I-O and E is other. Uh, but, you know, some of the ones that Geeky came up with through ChatGTP were Industrial Cooperative Network, ICN, Syndicated Industrial Cooperative, SIC. But you get the idea. Uh, should generally, whatever, whatever it is, I hope it captures the fact that we're all peers, we're freelancers, which can be confused with a ship by accident. That kind of messed up my initial name. Um, 
so what I came up with for our mission was FLOMO, Freelancers Mining Operation. And that kind of mm-hmm. led to some discussion. What, what should we call ourselves? I thought FLOMO was pretty cool for a mission description, but tell me which one you like or if you got another one. I tried to come up with one that was CFCK. Um, that's a cluster. If you're going to uh, put that together, that one would be good to have. Then we could just be a cluster. Uh, so that's the question. A, B, C, D, or E, other. All right. <laughs> um, so uh, that's our question of the week. Uh, Q&A wise, we only got one question. It's from S. Gateman. And he said, 3.20, when? Question mark. When do you think to go? Okay. I do think it'll be before um, the uh, Citizen Con because mm-hmm. they will not want to take away from what the centerpiece of Citizen Con is going to present. Cinnamon Con. Uh, Cinnamon Con. That's it. The uh, so. Um, I think uh, I think this is going to be somewhere around. Let's see, we're in China. Could be September. Could be. What's that? Third quarter. Yeah. And we've we've had two so far, right? Eighteen. And 19. So that would be 20. And then whatever comes at Christmas would be for Citizen Con, right? Citizen Con would break that in. Um, I mean, in theory, at Christmas time, the holiday time, they're supposed to be starting Evocati for 4.0, but we'll see. Then I'd say my September guess is pretty good. Um, And let's see. So it would be. September. It would be the end of September. Let's say they run two weeks late. Yeah, they really can't. They, so it'll be very tight. They're going to have to do it sometime middle or end of September to give them enough play time to get everything, all the fires put out before CitizenCon because they don't want to go into CitizenCon with controversy. Yeah. And, and so, I do think they've done it. I think the game is doing very well. The occasional 30K, but I think it's a pretty smooth playing game right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's starting to get pretty smooth. Mm -hmm. I'm of two minds, and I think it depends on ultimately if we're almost content locked on 3.20 or if there's more that we haven't seen yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of my thinking is in the past, CitizenCon the Q3 patch has released shortly after. However, CitizenCon is 10 or so days later than it normally is. Usually it's the second or, you know, early October, like the 10th. Um, And it's the 21st this year, or in the 20s. I can't remember if it's specifically the 21st. So... That is a little late to have a Q3 patch, especially if there's not going to be much more content than what we already see. However, if they start implementing things like cargo elevators or something substantial like that, 
then I can see it being pushed off till after CitizenCon, um, even in that state. And I also could see them just being late on a patch. However, 3.19 was so early compared to normal because usually our Q2 patches aren't even out yet. Usually it's not till July. You know, end of uh, end of uh, Jan uh, June into July. It, you know, I think people were annoyed one time when it came out in August instead of June, July. So I could see them coming out really early with that, knowing that they're going to need a lot of ramp up for 4.0. That would be awesome. Um, so we'll, I guess we'll see. I'm a, I, I think you're thinking earlier though. You're thinking earlier, July. Just given, uh, no, I don't think it's going to come out July. That's oh, okay. I mean, the Q2 patch traditionally comes out in July. We were a little early compared to that. I just think, I do think it's going to come out early. Like I said, unless they critically change the patch, but I don't think I don't think they're going to add much more to it. But but are than, we really early? I mean, we're so used to when they come out that we don't really look at when they're planned to come out, right? Because there's a lot of slippage. Yeah. And, but and this year you could say be... they're more on track than they would have been in the past. No, I, I fundamentally disagree. May, because okay. okay. May was when the, when the patch came out, right? So traditionally, at least based on what they initially stated the patch system was supposed to be, obviously things have changed. So I guess I shouldn't say I fundamentally disagree. I just think traditionally their target, so regardless of how well they hit those targets, their target would have been normally had we given, had 3.18 come out when it was supposed to, 3.19 would have been the Q1 patch. So March time period, March, early April. Then 3.20 would have been June, July. However, 3.18 came out, so it kind of occupied the Q1 patch instead. So, But we got our Q2 patch in May before um, uh, Invictus. So we got it really early compared to you know, the end of Q2, which is June. Uh, the end of June, right? So, And traditionally... The Q2 patch comes out, it starts Evo sometime in June, comes out either July, or if it's slipped, it goes to August. Now, 320, so far, it doesn't seem super substantive. So if if not, a, not much more gets added on, then it's coming out early, in my opinion. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so... I don't think we'll get a 321. I think they'll still go to 4.0, and I still think that'll be next year. Yeah, well, I think I think... Uh, you know, and again, this is another area where we kind of disagree, and, and a lot of people tell me I'm, I'm crazy, but I I think that the big pressure valve that they're trying to release is that they're trying to get a Squadron 42 out the door really fast. And I don't mean, like, rush it. I mean, I think they've been pushing all along, and yeah. they're going to go to a boxed or a downloadable version faster than we expect. And I think that if I was going to try to hit a big sales window, it would be around Christmas time. But you think of this year. This year. I really do. I think that the pressure they've been under, um, not financially, but from the 
user community and from the you know, the uh, podcasters and everything has really ratcheted up the pain. Um, not it's the threat of ruining the game, right? The the threat of ruining it so that people look at it and go, "I'm not buying that piece of junk." I heard it sucks, right? You know, there's this constant that, barrage of complaints. That comes um, to me that they need to get it out as polished as can be because you don't want people seeing C ten right. years and this is what we got. Well, I think you know, I think that if you're gonna if you're going to do that and you know spend the money to move your uh, a huge portion of your company from around the world to one location in a building mm. in a commercial district downtown in uh, you know in Europe that's a significant investment in confidence in what you're doing it's not just ah eh, we're making a lot of money let's you know Sure. Right. I mean, I still think they'll take a year to market it personally. So I think they'll announce it. I think the best bet is they announce it at Citizen Con for a 2024 holiday season release. Gotcha. Yeah. It'll as be, it'll a, be as interesting. The time frame. That's my thought process. Gotcha. I don't. I think they would because it'll be Citizen Con. Don't get me wrong. I think we'll. I oh, think yeah. we will see something about Squadron 42 at Citizen Con. I mean, uh, at this point, they sort of set our expectations with the two-day thing, and maybe maybe right. that's not what the goal is. Yeah. I don't. My, I, I would I would not be surprised. Day. And again, I I am a little bit over enthusiastic and a little optimistic. Hopium, as Flavius would say, I live on hopium. Uh, but I really have this feeling that by Christmas we're going to be looking at Squadron Forty Two for real to play. We'll get our downloadable chapter one. Uh, the market will be able to buy it at whatever price they're going to set on it. Um, and I think, you know, the game development on the multi, they'll buy some time and some credit um, to continue polishing up the, you know, the multiplayer uh, PU. Um, uh I I just feel this like I just feel like that's the way it's coming. But again, more speculation. I would be I would be shocked if that's what happens. Yep. You would you would see my jaw at my feet. I just think they need more ramp up for marketing. And I also the one thing that stands out to me specifically <coughs> is the fact that they only recently finished the motion capture stage. And while they have a ton of it for the game, uh, and so maybe this is more for the PU and random characters, it still felt like they were talking about Squadron. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, how much? I, you know, I don't watch every you know every aspect of the game, but has the I kind of get the feeling like the rumor mill has been quieter lately, and I mm. feel like the Evocati. Um, has been quieter lately. Um, you know, those are kind of signals to me that there's some serious either ratcheting down or some like a uh, slowdown. Are you hearing rumors? Are you hearing, are you hearing le uh, leaks or, you know, do you track any of that stuff? Like leak ships? Do. And I 
do, but I, there's not really many leaks, um, especially not related to Squadron. I well, even I'm just saying, yeah. I mean, it seems to have calmed down even for the PTU. Right? I feel like they've done a better job of of kind of removing that or trying to limit it as much as possible. They, the, even the leaks Discord said it's harder to get get those leaks now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I do think there's a challenge. They're going to face a challenge when when Squadron 42 does go live. They have to provide support, technical support, mm-hmm. for a normal game that runs independently of the PU. That's going to put additional strain on them, too. Um, yeah. And they have to be figuring those things in. Um, yeah. And if they do release the Squadron 42, it really does let them push some assets back into you know, building ships and, 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 well, the other thing is a bunch of ships will be able to be released because they'll now be a scene in Squadron 42. Yeah. And equipment and things like that. Um, yeah. I feel like I do think, like, I'm not one of those people now that thinks that the game, that Squadron's three years out or it's never coming out. I do think we're going to know I think I think we've got a year and a half. Yeah, but I think that's because twenty twenty four will be QA and polish. I think twenty twenty four will be a beta and marketing, and then we'll be good to go. Gotcha. Could be interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll know soon enough. You mean Skyguard live from the Apollo in Las Vegas? Um, so Maybe any Brad final Pitt will thoughts? join us or something. Any final thoughts? No, uh, I really, I really like the uh, messages coming in <laughs> for George Dumont. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's really good. Um, if anyone has any cool names for their ships or anything they want to announce, we used to do this a little while back, and I would name ships for people. I, I would pick a name, but if they had a name, I you know I'd even send out a little announcement that you know. Geeky is is waiting delivery of a brand new Carrick, you know, built in the shipyards of Crusader, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I think I'm going to start doing that a little bit around the, uh, at least around Parley House on the general chats. Um, So if you got anything you want me to brag about for you or put out an announcement, uh, let me know. Any fictional characters you want me to promote to general or admiral. uh, in my vested power as uh, nobody in the universe, I would gladly do those things. But <laughs> it was always fun in the past. So. Nice. Um, excellent. So uh, for me, uh, I don't have any closing thoughts, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess if you have any questions, stories, anything, audio clips you want to send, whatever you want to send, um, as long as it's not disgusting, uh, email us at citizencastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at citizencastsc. You could submit a message through our anchor slash Spotify for podcasters. Uh, you could uh, uh, join the CitizenCast Discord and participate there. I think that's one of the best ways. Uh, and, of course, you could text or leave a voicemail on our Google Voice, 646-783-8154. Um, besides helping us name what type of entity Parlay House is, uh, also take a look at it if you're out there looking for crew, org, or just people to play with in between your solo sessions. It's a great place to socialize, hang out with other players, 
it's a neutral zone where we can all have fun together. Uh, so check out Parley House. Uh, and last but not least, uh, we have several friends of the show who are content creators. So don't forget to watch Earth, Snorkel, and Undead Pirates videos on YouTube. Uh, listen to the music that Admiral Cody and Calibri created inspired by Star Citizen, uh, some of which you hear in the show. Uh, or uh, definitely, if you haven't, build your fleet out in Star Jump Fleet Viewer or check out their podcast where they talk about fleets and ships. Uh, friends of the show, Grim and VMZO, are uh, members and participants there. And they make some really cool stuff. And that, dear friends, wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. We'll talk to you next week. You're in what? Oh, I'm in one of those. I almost had to leave for a second and come back and hope that you were still talking mode. It's <laughs> too funny. The tank is full. I did get a hurricane, speaking of tanks. I did get one. So. A storm? Yeah, a storm. Yeah, not the hurricane, the storm. Yeah. You have a hurricane too, though, don't you? <laughs> no, I actually don't have it anymore. I've uh, narrowed down my fighters. Uh, I've got it down pretty good now. It's, you know, it used to be I had that problem with lots of small ships and not enough mixture, and then too many military. Got a pretty good solid now. Nice. Yeah. Hoplites and uh, hoplites and um, what's the other one? The uh, torpedo version of it. I can't think of it is. Anyway, I can't either. The Redeemer. No. Yep, the, I got that. The other Retaliator. One. Yes. Uh, 